Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, Examining Our Faith, based on Luther's Small Catechism. This week, Pastor Jung discusses what is Christianity and what it means to be a Christian. Let's listen in. Hello, my name is Pastor Jung, and uh, today uh, we are beginning our study uh, through Luther's Small Catechism. Now, uh, it's an important study that uh, we, we go through because it shows us uh, the doctrine that we believe in, but also it gives us a foundation of what it means to believe in God. Now, for all of us, I think it's important as we live in this world to know what we believe, teach, and confess. And the Luther Small Catechism is our go-to resource because it, it stays close with Scripture as it is connected to Scripture to show us uh, what we believe. So today, and throughout all the series of this, uh, these sessions that we have with the whiteboard, uh, we will journey through the small catechism uh, because it's such a great resource for all of us to apply to our Christian life. Again, uh, my name is Pastor Jung, and I will be your teacher um, in these sessions. And if you have any uh, questions or comments, uh, please comment below. Um, with this YouTube feed, and I will answer you quickly. So if there's any questions or comments about any of these sessions, please comment below, and I will um, answer these uh, questions for you in a very timely manner. Um, this is very important to me, um, as well as you listeners. I'm assuming it's very important to you as well. So uh, we're going to be engaged in this uh, as we walk together in the faith, as we grow together and see the blessings of the gospel and what it means to believe in Jesus and God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, before we begin, uh, let us have a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in my life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul in all things, let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Now again, our main material is Luther's Small Catechism. Uh, you can find this at uh, Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. You can order one of these, and I encourage you to, or if you have one at home, to use it and follow along, uh, because this will be our main resource, Luther's Small Catechism. But also, if you'd like... Uh, supplemental texts. Uh, one of my professors from a seminary, Concordia Fort Wayne, our seminary in Fort Wayne uh, for us Lutherans, it's called the Didache by John Pless. The Didache by John Pless. I've been using this for five years now with many and various students and adult instruction uh, groups, and it's been a great vital resource for those that have taken my class, and um, I encourage you, a good supplemental text uh, written uh, and given by Emanuel Press. Uh, if you Google that, you'll find it. But Didache by John Pless, a very good supplement and a good succinct summary to what we will learn in the Catechism. Again, the Catechism, as I said earlier, is not just Martin Luther's, the great reformer's thoughts. Right? It's not just some thinkings that he writes down and um, just assumes that his thoughts are correct, but he always backs him up by the Holy Scriptures of the Bible. It's not just individual shots in the dark of his thoughts, but he's always backing them up 
by the Holy Scripture. So this catechism, remember, is rooted in Scripture, and that is very important to remember. Uh, so why don't we begin uh, in our text today? Now, again, I, again, I encourage you to get this book because uh, it'll be easier to navigate as we go through this text because I will follow this book very closely, uh, the small catechism. But we will start uh, with our introduction on page uh, 47 of our catechism, page 47. And the question that is brought up is, uh, what is Christianity? Now, what is Christianity? Now, it is written, Christianity is the life and salvation God has given in and through Jesus Christ, right? Christianity, what is it? It is the life and salvation that is given in and through Jesus Christ. So my question for you listeners is, how do you attain eternal life? And how are you saved? Now, Christianity, in its most broadest sense, gives us that answer. Life. How do you attain eternal life? How are you saved? And as we talk about the law more in future classes, how are we saved from our sin and death and the power of the devil? These are the things that we are going to address in later classes. But for today, we must ask ourselves, how are we saved? How can we attain eternal life? And as we see Christianity in our introduction, Christianity is a life and salvation God has given, right? He gives us this salvation. We cannot attain it. We cannot save ourselves, but it is given in Christ. Given, right? It is given in Jesus Christ. Being a Christian is having faith that Jesus is your Savior, that He is the Christ. And we'll talk about Christ in the Apostles' Creed as we get to it. But Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who paid for your sin, who died on the cross, and who rose on the third day to give you eternal life, but also through His resurrection to save you from the sin, from death, and the power of the devil. Now, we cannot save ourselves from these alone by our own human efforts, by our own goodness or our own righteousness. But Christians, the law shows us that we need Christ, that the grace of God and His promises are given in Christ, who came into this world to die for us on the cross, to rise on the third day, so that we may have life in His name. Now, this is what Christianity is all about. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, uh, from, the, um, the, from the Greek, I am the way, the Otis, that is uh, the road. Right? He is the road to God. And God gives you that road as he sends you Jesus. Um, that Jesus is the truth. That though this world, ever since sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, we live in darkness, but God sends us and gives us Christ, who is the truth. And Jesus says, I am the life, not the bios or the biological life, 
but the zoe, and that is the life that is rooted in eternity, the life of Christ that gives you eternal life in his name. Now, this is all given. This is the Christian life. God gives, he gives you Jesus, and we receive in faith his word of grace, and that is Jesus for you dying upon the cross. Now, simply put, this is the introduction to what it means to be Christian. It's all about Jesus for you. We cannot bring anything to the table to attain an eternal life by our own means, or we cannot save ourselves by our own means from sin, death, and the power of the devil. But it's only given in Christ by God, who by his grace gives you his son, so that we may receive this word, this word made flesh, Jesus Christ, who died for us, who rose for us, and who gave us again life in his name. So what is Christianity? Christianity is a life and salvation God has given in and through Christ. Our closing uh, verse for this section is, uh, and there is salvation in no one else. This is from Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name, and that only name that can save us is Christ alone. Remember that this day. So continuing in this small catechism, uh, we go from the introduction to Christianity, but also now, uh, where is God's truth about our Savior, Jesus Christ? Where is it made known? You know, a lot of people think that because we're Christian, uh, we don't read the Old Testament anymore. But really, Scripture shows us, even in the Old Testament and the New, that we receive the first words of the gospel, that is the good news, that is the promise that Jesus would come into the world to save us from our sin. We see this, as we call it, the proto-evangelion. We see this truth statement given to us in Genesis 3.15. That from the offspring of a woman, there will come the one who will crush the head of Satan. So the Old Testament is an anticipation for the Messiah to come. Where there in the New Testament, John 1.14, the word dwelt among us. The word is Jesus. The word made flesh. Or as John would say in in, uh, the Gospels, he would say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as he points to Jesus, he very well knows the anticipation, the kingdom of God had come. The incarnation, this word made flesh, Jesus Christ, to come into the world to fulfill the promise that was given in that Old Testament in the first book of Genesis. Right? And this is, again, not only shows us that this is the first gospel, but shows us the grace of God that even when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he gave them the promise of the remedy of Jesus Christ. Right? And there we see the Savior coming into the world uh, to be our Savior, to die for our sins. So the truth, as we see in question two, where is God's truth about our Savior, Jesus Christ, made known? This truth is made known in the Bible. Not just the New Testament, where we see Jesus preaching and teaching and having, uh, performing all of his miracles and dying on the cross and, 
and rising from the dead, even ascending to the right hand of God, which in this series of classes we will learn about. But it begins in the Old Testament, right? The whole truth of the Bible and the truth of Jesus Christ is rooted in all of Holy Scripture. And therefore, we go to both. I mean, we see the prophets. Uh, we see Isaiah as well, the great prophet, who prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus had come that indeed, um, relaying this message of the first gospel to all nations, knowing that in the New Testament, our Jesus would come to be our Savior. So some key text for you that is found um, in your catechism. It reads in John 20, verse 31, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, John 20, again, why is the book written? Why is the Bible written? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That is the core of the Bible. It's Jesus. If the core of the Bible is something else, um, then, then you'll, you'll be confused and you'll be uh, looking at it from a different lens, which uh, might bring you, again, great confusion and um, a lot of wonder about what this Bible is all about. But remembering that this truth is about Jesus, found in the Holy Scripture, the Old and New Testament, uh, what a joy it is to read Scripture in this way. Okay, question three. A question that you might have, why is the Bible called the Holy Scriptures? Now, a lot of people will say, well, why should I believe the Bible? I mean, men wrote it. They could have made it up or write, wrote their own thoughts. But when we look at Holy Scripture, we know this. The Bible is the Holy Scripture because God, the Holy Spirit, gave to his chosen writers the thoughts that they expressed, and the words that they wrote. And we call this verbal inspiration. Therefore, the Bible is God's own word and truth without error. Also another word called inerrancy. Inerrancy. Um, a key text that we always go to is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And it reads, All scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So the word equips, the word uh, reproves, the word trains, but the word does this because all scripture is breathed out by God. Very important to remember that all scripture is breathed out by God. Another uh, uh, another good material that I would uh, suggest to you is a DVD by Craig Parton called The Bible on Trial. The Bible on Trial by Craig Parton. And he does a great job of, of really sifting through uh, the, the great confidence that we have in these texts and knowing how truthful and, and how uh, these words have been relayed down to many generations all rooted by the inspired word uh, that is given by God. And I encourage you to watch that DVD um, if you have the time and resources. But yes, uh, why, are we, why do we call the Bible the Holy Scripture? Because it is God's word. 
and God is not sinful, but God is perfect and holy. So if it's God who is holy, and this is God's word, therefore we call it the Holy Scriptures. All right. Now as we continue on, as we look at the core of Scripture, as I said earlier about uh, what is the center of Scripture, I'm going to reiterate that again for you. The question is, what is the key to the correct understanding of the Bible? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is the heart and center of the Scripture and therefore the key to its true meaning. Just as St. Paul uh, told um, Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, From childhood you have been acquainted with, acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The sacred writings, which brought Timothy great faith, made you wise through the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. This is the center of God's word, and it's Jesus. We don't look at the Bible and and tell ourselves, I'm just going to read this through and through and just figure it out. No, we go into it knowing that the center of this Bible is Jesus Christ. Because I promise you this, if you just read it cover to cover like any other novel without any understanding of the foundations, you will be thoroughly confused about how this all ties in together. But knowing the center of Scripture, Jesus how much of a blessing it is to read it through the lens of the gospel because uh, there we see the grace of God and how everything points to Christ at the end of the day. As we continue, question six on page 51 of our catechism. So what basic distinction must we keep in mind in order to understand the Bible? Now in Luke 24, Jesus uh, commands his disciples to preach repentance and forgiveness. In other words, the law and the gospel. Now, this is the basic, especially in Lutheran theology and the Lutheran approach to Scripture, we always go with that lens of the law and gospel. That the Christian life is all about the life of faith, but that faith including repentance and forgiveness. Right? That metanoia to, to change, to turn, to confess our sins, and to seek Christ's that faith that clings to the words of forgiveness, that is Jesus for you, shed his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. This is the Christian life, you guys. Because as sinners in this world, in this life of faith, uh, we very well know that we fall short and that we need Jesus. That is uh, the, the center of God's word and how we approach his word, the law and the gospel. Now, because this is very important to us, I will, I will go over the law and the gospel with you in more in depth right now. now in question seven, it reads, what does God teach and do in the law? Now, in the law, God commands good works of thought, word, and deed, and condemns and punishes sin. So, Mark 12 reads, this is the demand of the Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The law that God shows is his demand. He has a demand for us. His demand is to love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, not only God, but also loving your neighbor. That is the demand of the law. Again, also the law shows us, as it says in Romans 3.20, through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Knowledge of sin. Also, the law, because of that sin, Ephesians 2.1, that we are dead in our trespasses. Because of our sin, we are dead in our trespasses, Ephesians 2.1. That's what the law eventually shows us. But Jesus fulfills that demand. Right? It says in Matthew 5, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. The knowledge of sin. The law shows us our sin. But Jesus, in the gospel, is your advocate. He is your defender. He speaks for you. And how does he speak for you? By going to the cross and dying for your sins, rising on the third day, covering you by his righteousness, giving you the gospel, the forgiveness of sins and life eternal. And therefore, though you are born into sin, Jesus is your advocate. John, 1 John 2, chapter or verse 1. Ephesians 2, 1, we are dead in our trespasses because of our sin. But just as God raised from the dead Jesus, um, Ephesians 2, 5 and following, we too raise to eternal life. So this is, uh, when we look at an example of the law and gospel, we see what we have fallen short of and how Jesus rescues and saves and defends and fulfills and breaks the grave to give us eternal life. This is the crux of the law and gospel. Yes, so in, in, in question seven, as we talk about the law, the law of God commands good works of thought, word and deed, and condemns and punishes sin. Yes, we deserve wrath and punishment for our sin, all of us, me and you included. And yet Jesus took that punishment, that penalty upon himself, and fulfilled it upon the cross. And that is the good news. In the gospel, the good news of our salvation in Jesus Christ is that God gives forgiveness, faith, life, and now even the power to please him by the good works that you have in your life. Already redeemed, already forgiven by the gospel, now we live in the freedom of, uh, of Christ as we live and love and serve our neighbor in this blessed redemption. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Again, this zoe, this life that is rooted in Christ, that is rooted in eternity. This is the gospel for you. Not only do we see that in the Bible, but also in, even in our daily life, to have that law gospel continual approach to all the things, whether it's dealing with our neighbor or with our families um, or with um, our work and our vocations, always going uh, with this pattern of life, this faith life that God has given to us. So that's your introduction from Christianity, Christ, to the law and the gospel. And now as we conclude today, I want to kind of go into this the introduction of this book in a sense of what we're going to learn uh, throughout these uh, weeks. And through the small catechism, what you will learn about is the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the Lord's Prayer, 
the sacrament of holy baptism, confession, and absolution, and also the sacrament of the altar. Now, I know some of you are probably wondering, what does the catechism even mean? Like, catechism, what's that, right? Well, it's from the word catecheo, and it's also known as a book of instruction in the form of questions and answers, right? So, (laughs) us Lutherans always say what our best question that we always bring up is, what does this mean? It's always the pervading question as we look at Scripture, as we look at the Catechism. It's always asking, what does this mean? And as a student of the Catechism, we'd call it a catechumen or a learner, you will learn all these things. And you might have that question, what does this mean? And again, um, I will try my best to go over these, as we know, the six chief parts of the Catechism um, to illumine your hearts and minds to the truth that is in God's Word. The catechism, the teaching, the instruction, the learning in forms of question and answers. And why, I know this might be grinding on in your mind, but why did, why did Luther even write this in the first place? What was the motive of writing this book? Now this book was written in 1529, and that was roughly 490 years ago. Now a lot of people will say, this book, how is it relevant today? I mean, how can the issues of 490 years ago in 1529 be relevant today in our modern, fast-paced, technologically-driven age? And I tell you this, it really does, because it's, well, rooted in the Word of God. And we see right here, well, the motive of Luther writing this book was that when he was going around visiting these people in these cities, Luther had great concern because he saw many pastors and families, children and fathers and mothers who, though they were baptized into Christ and they were taking Holy Communion at their local churches, they had a vague understanding of what it meant to be Christian. So knowing this and seeing this for himself, he tried his best through sermons But also after a while, he wrote this book, The Small Catechism, because he wanted something for everyone to read, a succinct book that will give people the great lens of what the Bible is all about. Uh, For for you older uh, listeners out there, I know when I was in high school, we used Cliff Notes. Or as you get older, Spark Notes. A very good summary of, let's say, a novel. And that's what this book does. It puts everything together for you to know what you believe. Just like back then when Luther dealt with many people who had the vaguest clue of what this, what it meant to believe in Jesus and what it meant to be a Christian. I think even today as we face our society and even within ourselves, how important it is to know what you believe. To have the succinct knowledge when someone asks you, who is God, you can give them the answer. Or who is Jesus and what has he done for me? You can give them the answer. Or even yet, what does it mean to be baptized into Christ? And how is that applicable for me even at this moment right now? And Luther, Martin Luther, he would address those questions and he would answer them by Holy Scripture. So that all of us 
can have a secure foundation that is rooted in faith through this scriptural lens. And that's what the Catechism does for you. Now, thank you for uh, listening and thank you for um, following along during our first introductory session of our small catechism. Um, hopefully, this was a, a great introduction for you as you continue to build and grow in the faith. Again, if you have any questions, uh, please uh, uh, comment down below and I will answer them um, as soon as I can. May the Lord bless and keep you this day and may his grace shine upon you in all ways. Have a good day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's Small Catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com. Thank you.